the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Come with me to number chapter 13, verse 26 to 33. Then they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of power unto Kadesh and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told them and said, We came into the land whither thou sentest us. And surely it floweth with milk and honey. Somebody say, Surely, surely. it floweth with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land. Look at that. The people be strong. The land is flowing with milk and honey. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land. The cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. The Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb still the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome. Somebody say, I overcame. But then the men that went up with them said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of a land which they had set unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through whom we have gone to search is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. What an exaggeration. Have you seen a city, a nation, a town where there are no short people? It's never happened. Even in Norway, a country where the tallest people in the world are known to be coming from, there will still be short people. You will find one Chinese man who is looking for something there. Am I complicating here? Yeah, in every country. But this guy said, hey, the people in the land are strong and tall. They are all men of stature. And there we saw the giants. Say the giants. giants. The sons of Anak, which come out of the giants. And we were in our own side as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. Somebody say, we saw the giants. Okay, come to 1 Samuel 17, 24. Then as he talked with them, there was the champion, the Philistine of God, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines. And he spoke according to the same words, so David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. Take note. And then as he talked with them, there was the champion. You can say there was the giant. The Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, there came a champion. It's very, very, very critical that we understand that we are born as overcomers. Somebody say, I'm born as an overcomer. 
Say, I'm born as an overcomer. Yeah, maybe when you were born naturally, you were not born into a family where you can you were born as an overcomer. But in Christ, when you are born again, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. And that new creature is an overcomer creature. It's a creature that has a capacity in him to overcome. As for a Christian, to be defeated is not an option. To be engaged in a battle is expected, but to be defeated is not an option. Whatever it is, you will come out a winner. I see you come out as a winner. The battle over your health you have won. The battle over your finances you have won. The battle over your children you have won. In the mighty name of Jesus. Somebody say, I'm an overcomer. That's who you are in Christ. And you need to be reminded, 1 John chapter 5, he says, for whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. Overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcometh even our faith. So this man, we are looking at overcoming giants in life, part three. Overcoming giants. Somebody say overcoming giants. Overcoming say overcoming giants. You have to understand that you are born to overcome giants. You don't have to be afraid of giants. Last week, we began by looking at the fact that before we can overcome giants, we must have a right posture towards giants. Somebody say right posture towards giants. Yeah, many people are defeated not because of the giant who stands before them, but because of their attitude and posture towards the giants. The children of Israel, all of them were robbed. Because of their attitude towards the giants. All Israel, anybody, if David, a 70-year-old boy, who had not been trained in the army, but understood that he was a covenant child, he was born of the circumcision. And because he was born of the circumcision, no uncircumcised person could stand before him. And he dead stood on the covenant and came and confronted Goliath and brought him down then how much more would the army, people who had been trained and equipped, any of them could have easily brought Goliath down. I'm not complicating here. But they didn't know their identity. And that's why we would have to we, I would teach on overcoming through a vital knowledge and consciousness of your identity in Christ. If you are going to overcome, you need to know who you are. Somebody say, I must know who I am. Because if you don't know it, you cannot. You'll be a victim of circumstances. We are not born to quit. We are born to win. Yeah. Somebody say, I'm born to win. I'm born to win. And I see you win in Jesus' name. Yeah. So we looked at eight negative attitudes people display when they are confronted by giant-like situations. And these are attitudes you must deal with in your life. Praise God. Yeah, you, most people, when they are confronted with giants, and I'm talking about giants across any field. It could be giant marital problem. It could be giant health problem. It could be giant financial problem. It could be giant job search. It could be giant dream that is never becoming a reality and you are confronted and you are faced with discouragement. It could be giant discouragement. Whatever it is, when we develop this right attitude towards them, we can bring them down. But when our attitude towards them is in this negative eight, we can't survive. I see you overcome your giants. Number one, we said that many people, when they are confronted with giants, they flee. When Goliath came, the Bible said all the men fled. How long will you continue to run away? How long will you continue to run away? Face it. Face it. How long are you going to run away from the issue that you are dealt with? 
How long are you going to run away? Some of us are running away from our fears. You have to confront your fears. People run away. They keep on running. And they quote Bob Marley. He who fights a run lives to fight another day. Listen, you may keep on running forever. The Bible said the wicked fleeth, runs away when no man is pursued. But the righteous does not run. You will not run again. Amen. I see you stand up to fight. Amen. I see you stand up and win. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. All those who fled from Goliath, they kept on fleeing for 40 days. There was no way out. One day, David heard and decided to march towards Goliath. And that one day, he brought him down. As you take a decision to march forward towards your opposition and your giant, I see them come down. Amen. I see you bring them down Amen. in the mighty name of Jesus. So some, when they are confronted with giants, they flee. Others fear. They respond to giants with fear. The Bible says all the men of Israel, they were afraid. Others cry. The children of Israel, when the report came, the Bible said they lifted up their voices and they cried. How long will you continue to cry? There's a time to cry. I believe in crying, but there's a time to cry. The Bible said there's time for everything under the sun. A time to rejoice and a time to weep. So when it's time to weep, you weep. But some people weep beyond their weeping time. Don't weep beyond your weeping time. Tell your neighbor, say, no, don't weep beyond your weeping time. Yeah. Some of us, we want to weep for the whole world to see that we are weeping. You'll be defeated. You'll be defeated. You have to. Because you are not the only person who is confronted with an issue that can make you weep. There are many people who are weeping. Are you with me here? Number four, there are people who respond to giant situations by complaining. Why is it that only me, God, has allowed this to happen to me? Listen, don't deceive yourself. It is not only you. That was the disease that killed Elijah. He said, I'm the only person. God said, I have 7,000 people who are going through the same thing I'm going through. For every challenge you are dealing with, understand that there are about 7,000 people are dealing with the same thing. Are you with me here? Yeah. And if they came out, you can also come out. I see you come out. I said, I see you come out. Listen, that only me syndrome will kill you before your time. When Satan can make you feel, it's only you. It's only you who has a challenge in your marriage. It's only you who, hasn't, who is having financial problems. It's only you. It's only you. It's only you. It's only you. Because the Bible said no temptation is taking you except that which is common. But God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able? But in the temptation, you will make a way of escape. A way of escape is made for you. I said a way of escape is made for you. There's negative speaking, negative speaking. Anytime they are confronted with something, but they speak negative. The children of Israel spoke negative again and again. They say, ah, we wish that we were dead in the wilderness. We wish we were dead. And they say, I don't know why I made this foolish mistake by marrying you. I have regretted. My greatest mistake was to marry you. My greatest mistake was to come and stay with you. Come and work here. Listen. It may have been a mistake in the flesh, but God can still work with your mistakes. Am I communicating? The Bible said God is able to make all things work together for our good. Your mistakes are working together for your good. I said your mistakes are working together for your good. Shout, my mistakes are working together for my good. Number six, there are those who abandon God in their abandoned fellowship with the brethren. That was the advice Job's wife gave him. He said, curse God and die. Curse God. Abandon God. Forget about God. And now people, when they are faced with challenges, rather than run towards God, they run away from God. Listen, please, no matter what challenge you'll be faced with, no matter the magnitude of your giant, understand that with God, all things are possible. Without God, your giant will defeat you. 
Are you with me here? Yeah, so you have to run towards God. Don't run away from God. One day, Asaph was dealing with the situation, and when he considered it, it was very difficult for him. He didn't know. He was contemplating suicide. Then he went to the house of God. Then his eyes opened. Then he realized, hey, listen, I have been worrying myself about all the wrong things. Am I complicating here? So fellowship with the brethren. Fellowship. Don't break fellowship. Because I'm falling into temptation, I'm not coming to church. Because I don't have money, I'm not coming to church. Listen, when things are tough, that is the time to run to God. The Bible says, one thing I have desired of the Lord. And Sunday, the man of God quoted it. One thing I have desired, Psalm 27 verse 4. One thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek after. He said, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Then he said, for in the time of trouble, he will hide me. Somebody say, I'm hidden. That is when God's temple is your ultimate desire. You are hidden in the time of trouble. Then number seven, we said some respond with hopelessness. Somebody say hopelessness. Others respond with hopelessness, of course, when you are hopeless, the next thing is to want to take your life. So the last response is suicide. Let me just kill myself and it will all be over. All my financial problems will be over. All my marriage problems will be over. All my single problems will be over. Listen, when you die, it will not be over. <laughs> yeah, it will not be over. So don't deceive yourself. So that's the negative response. Today, we want to look at 10 reasons why you must develop a positive attitude towards giants in life. You cannot overcome giants when your attitude towards giants is negative. And the eight things I spoke to you about are all negative attitudes people have towards giants. But I'm walking you through 10 reasons why you must develop a positive. Somebody say 10 reasons. Why I must. I must develop a positive attitude towards giants. In life. The first step to overcoming giants is have a positive attitude. If you look at uh, Joshua and Caleb, all they needed was a positive attitude. Did you see that? It was a positive attitude. They said, we are well able. And were they able or not? They were able. In themselves, they were not able. Look at, you see, as we go through tonight, you will see how David, the two, the instrument David used to bring Goliath down. It wasn't that that killed Goliath. It was his attitude of confidence and boldness in God. That attitude. Your attitude will always bring you much more than your gift and abilities will. Somebody say, my attitude will give me more than my gifts and my abilities may empower me to. Yeah. There are people who are not so gifted, but their attitude is sharp. And there are those who are gifted, but their attitude is poor. In Excel service, I'm looking at that. It's very likely that after the gift, I might start teaching on attitude. Somebody say attitude. attitude. Yeah. Because no matter how gifted you are, if you don't have the right attitude, you'll be defeated in life. Look at it. The children of Israel, all of them were armed to the teeth. David didn't have any uh, armory on him. In fact, when Saul put his armors on him, he couldn't even walk in it. So there was no way he could confront this thing. He said, I have not tried this. He put, put it down. So he literally went to, with his chest, nothing covers his chest, to go and meet Goliath, who was armed to the teeth. Metal, you won't see any part, except this part where the stone hit. But David's positive attitude, in spite of the way Goliath was gifted, strong, and protected, 
positive attitude gave him victory. I see you gain a victory. I said, I see you gain the victory in the mighty name of Jesus. Why do I need to develop a positive attitude? Number one, because giants are inevitable in life. You need to have a positive attitude towards giants because they are inevitable in life. They are what? Yeah, they are inevitable in life. They are inevitable. Giants are inevitable. You are not the only person who is going through a financial giant. They are inevitable. Everywhere you turn, the global crisis. You think Ghana is hot? Everywhere is hot. Everywhere is hot. UK, their inflation is all time high. It's never happened in over 50 years or so. That's what they are dealing with now. Everywhere you turn. But though the people that do know their God, they shall be strong and they shall do exploits. I see you do exploits in the mighty name of Jesus. They are inevitable. Hear me. In every good land, there are giants. If you want to go to a place where there are no giants, it's most likely the land is not good. In every good land, there are giants. In every good land. You say the land we want to see is a good land. It's a land that flows with milk and honey. It's a land that has, it drinks water from the rain of heaven. It's a land that is exceedingly glorious. And in that land, the Anakites were there. The Jebusites were there. The Canaanites, all the ites were there. Because in every good land, there will be giants. How can you marry the king's daughter if you are not willing to kill Goliath? How can you become rich with great riches? How will you be enriched with great riches? Marry the king's daughter and have your family become free of taxes in Israel without being ready to fight Goliath. It's not possible. Are you with me here? If you are going to become the second in command to Pharaoh of Egypt, you must have the ability to know the dream the king dreamt and interpreted before you can become a second in command. There are many people who wish great things for themselves and they think they come on the silver platter. No. They are giants. Somebody say they are giants. You can't have a sweet marriage without being ready to yield yourself, crucify yourself, and lay yourself down and allow Christ to manifest through you. Are you with me here? Giants. 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 They are inevitable in this life. Jesus himself spoke in the book of John, chapter 16, verse 33. John 16, 33. He said, I have told you these things so that in me you have peace. You have what? Uh-huh. In this world, you have what? You can say you have giants. In this world, you have giants to deal with. In this world, in this world, in this world. So, there is a world to come where there will be no giants. How many of you are excited about that land? Now, before we get that land here, we will deal with giants. And so, get used to giants. Turn to your neighbor and say, get used to giants. Yeah. The Bible says in James, James put it in a very, he said, count it all joy when you fall into diverse trials and temptations. When you see a Christian who is facing a challenge and he's making, he's looking more brothel, uh, trying to get sympathy and he's talking down, looking down, making everybody to feel pity on them. It, uh, it's a very bad attitude. It doesn't reflect the spirit of Christ. It's only people who are in the pit who need to be pitied. You are seated with Christ far above principalities and powers. Am I communicating here? You are not in a pit. You are on top. He lifted me out of a pit and set my feet on a merry clay. And he caused my feet to be established. That's where you are. So you don't talk like somebody who is a defeated foe. You are not. You cannot be. Somebody say, I am not. And I cannot be defeated. 
So get used to the idea of giants. This Christianity, the kind of Christianity that doesn't go through anything, is not the kind of Christianity the early church gave us. It's not the kind of Christianity the Bible talks about. The kind of Christianity that survives, the kind of Christianity that impacts people, the kind of Christianity that changes, is a Christianity that through faith subdues kingdoms, through faith overcomes trials, through faith obtains promises. And I see you obtain great promises. I said I see you obtain great promises. In the mighty name of Jesus. Number two is because giants come to unlock or provoke the release of your hidden potential. Somebody say, I have great potential. potential. Yeah, that's why giants come. Giant. The reason why you are faced with giant is because there is a giant in you greater than the giant outside. You didn't hear what I said. I said the reason why there is a giant threatening your destiny, your marriage, your business, and then your academic, your future. It's because there's a giant in you awaiting to manifest. That's it. There's a giant. There's a greater giant in you. The Bible says, little children, you have overcome the world. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Somebody say, the greater one lives on the inside of me. That's it. So no matter who is great on the outside, Goliath was great, but David knew the greater one was in him. The children of Israel, when they got, they saw giants. But I like what Joshua and Caleb said. He said, if the Lord delight in us, the Lord delights in us. The Lord delights in us. Listen, no matter what you are dealing with, God takes great delight in you. And because he takes great delight in you, you are coming out as a victor. You are coming out as a victor. Listen, the end of the battle is known. And the end of the battle is that you are more than a conqueror. Somebody say, I'm more than a conqueror. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. That's who you are. First John 5, 4 and 5. He said, for whatsoever is born of God. Whatsoever. Somebody say whatsoever. whatsoever. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. Then verse 5. He said, for who is that that overcometh? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. The Son of God. Giants. David's giant killing ability was unleashed when he confronted Goliath. Do you know that? Yeah. It was Goliath. Goliath came to manifest something that was in David. David knew it. All right? David knew it. But the rest of Israel, none of them knew it. They didn't know David, what David could do. But when David chose to fight Goliath, everybody came to know. Listen, there is some unique potential abilities God has placed in you. And if you will not stand up and fight and face your Goliath, nobody will ever celebrate that. David knew it. That giant killing ability was what drove David to take the lion and the bear. He brought them down because there was something in him that was looking for giants to kill there is something in you looking for giants to kill. I see you release it to kill your giants. In the mighty name of Jesus. That's why I like it when the Bible says, for no temptation is taking you except that which is common to man. God is faithful that he will not allow you to be tempted above that which you are able. In other words, whatever you are dealing with, God knows you have capacity to go through it. Somebody say, I have capacity to go through it. Say, I have capacity to go through it. I have capacity to survive it. So if you know that you have capacity to survive it, go through it, then you have to act like it. 
You don't have to talk like uh, this thing, this is your end. No, 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 you can't talk like that. Because I have capacity to go through it. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think according to the power at work where? In you, there's power at work in me. Somebody say there's power at work in me. Oh, this was something that Paul was very conscious of. So Paul could speak boldly and say, I can do all things. Through Christ, who strengthens me? There is nothing I can do. I see you survive great situations. I see you challenge your giants. In the mighty name of Jesus. So the giants are unleashing something in you. By the time you are through your faith will be stronger. By the time you are through, your ministry will be sharper. By the time you are through, you'll be more anointed. Can somebody shout an amen? Amen. Somebody say, I kill giants. I I overcome giants. Number three, giants are divinely ordained gateways to prominence and greatness in life. They are God-ordained gateways. They are God-ordained gateways to greatness and prominence in life. Giants. Giants. When you see giants, Understand that it's time for promotion. It's time for elevation. It's time for greatness. Can somebody give me an amen here? Anytime you have a giant situation, know that a great testimony is coming to you. Look at Hannah. Hannah had a giant barren situation. Everybody knew that this woman had delayed childbirth and they were mocking her. Her rival kept on mocking and mocking and mocking and mocking. What she did not know, that Hannah was not going to give birth to any ordinary child. Hannah was about to give birth to the first prophet of Israel and to the greatest prophet of Israel. Of all prophets, the Bible said, God did not allow any word from the mouth of a prophet Samuel to fall to the ground without fulfillment. Every word that came out of his mouth came to pass. Why? Because, and this was that special, can you imagine having a child that whatever he says come to pass? Imagine that. Think about that for a moment. You have a child, whatever that child says comes to pass. Whatever the child says. So I'm sure that when, <laughs> when Samuel was born, if Hannah had not had been one of those Old Testament die by fire kind of Christians, she would just tell, listen, this woman called my rival. Her name is Pinina. Hey, my son, do you know how she has troubled me? She has troubled me so much. So I know you. Whatever you say come to pass. Just say, let her die. And it will come to pass. Anything she said came to pass. But that child came through a process. Giant, period. Of being despised. Giants are divinely ordained gateways for promotion. Look at it. First Samuel 17, 24-25. He says, and all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel and he shall be. Somebody say he shall be. Oh, look at verse 25. And he shall be, verse 25, and he shall be. So the men of Israel, have you seen this man? And he shall be that the man who kills him, the king. Somebody say the man who kills him. He said, it shall be that the man who kills him, he kills him. The first thing is to deal with the giant. The other things will follow if you can deal with the giant. He said, the man who kills him, would the king enrich with great riches. So, it's a gateway. The giant you are facing is a gateway to your riches. You start a business and it fails. You start a business and it fails. And you are contemplating, maybe I'm not cut for business. Listen, you are cut out for business. The giant failure you are confronted with is a gateway to super success. Am I communicating here? You are cut out. 
I don't know why every time I try this trip, they bounce me, they bounce me, they bounce me. Listen, you keep on going until you get what you are getting. Because it's your destiny to travel. Can somebody shout an amen? amen? That's it. He said, the man who kills him, the man who kills him, are you going to kill? The man who kills him shall be enriched with great riches. He says, we'll give the kingdom, and then his father's house will be exempted from taxes. David moved from obscurity into the limelight overnight because one man called giant appeared, Goliath. When Goliath appeared, everybody ran away. But David saw him as his opportunity into greatness. I see you rise up into prominence. I see you rise up into prominence. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Maybe going through a series, a season of suffering, a season of pain, a season of lack is a season. Somebody say it's a season. It's a season. It's a season and seasons come and pass. To everything there is a season. And a time for every purpose under the sun. We've gone through as a pastor and as a, as a person. I've gone through various seasons. Some have been very unpleasant. But I've survived them all. And you will survive them all. In the mighty name of Jesus. So when you are dealing with giant challenge. Giant affliction. Giant suffering. Giant lack. That is not the time to uh, faint and be weak. I like it when the Bible says in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, he said, for which cause we faint not. Say, we faint not. Say, I don't faint in the face of giants. You can't afford to faint in the face of giants. He said, for which cause we faint not for our light affliction. Our light affliction. He said, for though the outward man perisheth, the inward man is renewed day by day. Then he goes to verse 17. For our light affliction. Our light. It's a giant, but it's a light affliction. He said, our light affliction, which worked is, but for a moment, worked for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Say there's a weight of glory coming. Say the weight of glory is coming. Why you understand that this present situation, which is not nice, you go through it with a good attitude. He said, looking unto Jesus at the altar and finish, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. The cross was painful, but the joy was there. You are looking at a situation that's painful, but there's a joy at the end. You keep your focus on the joy and you go through. I see you go through it. Amen. I said, I see you go through it. Amen. I see you survive it. How would Jephthah become a leader? Giant rejection. What? A man born, he's living with his father, and his half-brother says, you are not going to stay here. They sack him and throw him away. He goes into a place where he's only surrounded by people who have no purpose, no sense of direction. And this man, in spite of it, I'm sure when he went into that kind of place, he knew something in him told him that this is not your destiny. You will come out stronger and better. If there had been any other person, the person would say, hey, let me just kill myself. Let me just commit suicide and it's all over. No, the man Jafta began to exercise. He began to do bodybuilding. He kept building his muscles. He had been fighting from his youth. He kept building, kept building. One day, one day, one day. And that day came. Praise God. That day came when Israel needed a fighter. And when they went, they could find no other fighter but Japhtha. They said everywhere they couldn't fight it. And I'm going to show you shortly why giants come. They said, Japhtha, we have gone anywhere. We are not finding anybody. 
So can you help us? Jephthah says, I'm ready. And when he came, the man who was rejected became the leader of the whole nation, not his immediate family that rejected him. Listen, people have rejected you before, but you are coming out stronger. Yeah. I said, you are coming out stronger. Yeah. Your enemies will be greatly disappointed. Yeah. In the mighty name of Jesus, yeah. the Lord will put a new song in your mouth. Yeah. A song of praise unto his God. Yeah. Many will hear it and be glad. Yeah. In the mighty name of Jesus, God is changing your story. Shout, I believe it. I believe it. Take your seat. Giants are divinely ordained gateways for elevation and promotion in life. Number four, giants are divine tools. God uses to equip and prepare us for the greater, for the fulfillment of his greater purpose. Somebody say divine tools. Divine. Say divine tools. Divine. Now, do you know that God prepares people? When you go to the shop of a carpenter, there are tools they use. When you go to the shop of a blacksmith, there are tools they use. When you go to the shop of an architect, there are tools they use. These tools are different. And the tools you use sometimes differ based on what you are trying to do. The kind of thing you are trying to shape will influence the kind of tools you use. And God uses giant situations to prepare us for his greater purposes in life. Look at Genesis 50 verse 19 and 20. Joseph said unto them, fear not. For I am in the place of God. Listen, your giants are bringing you to the place of God. Amen. I said, your giants are bringing you to the place of God. Amen. Joseph said, I am in the place of God. I am in the place of God. In your family, may God bring you up to the place of God. He said, but as for you, I like this. Let's read it. As for, as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto, to bring it to as it is, as it is, to save much people, to save much people, to save much people, to save much people. Now listen, you think that the giant situation you are dealing with is just about you, it's about much people. It's about much people. There are things we go through and we suffer and sometimes when we are going through them, we think that it's all about us and that's why you cannot be selfish about your giants. He says, if this man had thought that, hey, this is about me, about me only, he would have just uh, misbehaved. But he said, you meant it for evil. God meant to save much people alive. Do you know what Joseph was saying? That everything I've gone through was so that I will be equipped to help a lot of people. Praise God. I'll be helped to, I'll be positioned to help a lot of people. I'll be equipped. Giant hatred and envy. What is it more hateful and painful? When your own brothers sell you into a place and they are laughing and they go and lie to his father that a strange animal, some strange animal has eaten him up so that the docket is closed permanently in the mind of his father. But listen, no matter who closed your docket, God can open the docket again. I said that God can open your docket again. After many years, Jacob felt it was over, but it was not over. Listen, your case is not closed until God says it's closed. And God has not closed your case until you win. Can somebody shout an amen? amen. They, they hated him with passion, but their hatred was pushing him into his destiny. He was ordained to be a global leader, but without hatred, that will not happen. In the comfort of his father's house, there's no way Joseph would have risen up to become a leader. But when he was sent out and he saw the world 
from another person's perspective. He saw the well. He knew that hey, in, 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 in his father's house, his vision was limited. But when he came to Egypt, the powerhouse of the damn world, he knew that God is about to do great things in his life. Listen, I came to announce to you, God is doing great things with you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Somebody say, giants are divine tools to equip me and prepare me for the fulfillment of God's greater purpose for my life. That's why the man Paul could say that he says, my imprisonment has led to the furtherance of the gospel. I was kept in prison. You know, Paul was the happiest prisoner ever. The first happiest prisoner was uh, Joseph. The second happiest prisoner ever is Paul. Paul was in prison, but every time he was rejoicing, he woke up in the morning. You remember what you saw in Debbie when I, Iconium, when he and uh, Silas were arrested and they were singing praises. That was his lifestyle. That was his lifestyle. Paul is not somebody you arrest and keep in prison and he's crying. No. That was his lifestyle. Read the book of Philippians. He will tell you, rejoice again, and I say rejoice. The word joy, rejoice, and evermore. Those words are repeated countless times. One day we'll walk through the book of Philippians. When I begin to teach from the book of Philippians, you will appreciate a man who was an uncommon man. He went through all kinds of things, but you will never see it on him. He was always full of joy, full of life, full of energy. May you always be full of joy. May you always be full of energy. The Bible said the joy of the Lord is my strength. God uses giants to prepare you for his greater purpose. I like it so much when the Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians 2 verse 6 to 8. Let's read that. He said, how be it we speak wisdom among them that are perfect. Yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of the world, that come to naught. Please follow this reading. He says, and we speak the wisdom of God in the midst, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Verse 8, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. When they were killing Jesus, they felt they were just doing him. They were just eliminating him. They didn't know that something greater and better was going to come out of it. There are things you are going through. Now you don't understand it. You don't know why you are even going through. You don't know why all this marital challenge. You don't know why all this financial challenge. You don't know why all this academic challenge. You don't know why all this singleness. You don't know why all these struggles, all this poverty, all this lack. But listen, God has a greater purpose in mind. I said God has a greater purpose in mind. God has a greater purpose in mind. The Bible said, if they knew that killing one Jesus will lead to the production of a million Jesuses, they would not have done it. They would not have done it. They didn't know. They felt that one Jesus was too much. They killed him. When they killed him and finished, today and tomorrow, until Christ comes, more Jesuses are being produced every day. More Jesuses are being produced every day. Now, that is what I came to prophesy unto you. Whatever the enemy has dealt against you and makes you feel that it's over, multiple versions of yourself are coming. Better and greater versions of yourself are coming. In the mighty name of Jesus, multiple and better versions of yourself are coming. In the name of Jesus, they will come after your money, more money will come. They will come after your health, more health will come. In the mighty name of Jesus, shout, I believe, I manifest. Take your seat. 
if you have seen a man suffer envy, none suffered envy like Christ. They envied him. I mean, sometimes I don't simply understand. This man was born in a manger and still they envied him. Envy is sad that <laughs> when he seizes you, no matter what you have, envious people usually are not people who are not gifted. They are people who are gifted, but they don't know. They are people who are gifted, but don't appreciate it. They are gifted. This man had nothing, and yet they were envying him. Born in a manger. Born with mockery. They envied him. Do you know it was envy that made them kill Jesus? Let me read a scripture to you. <laughs> I saw this one just before I came in. When I was the worship was on, I just saw it. Look at this. Matthew 27, verse 15 to 19. Matthew 27, verse 15 to 19. Now it was the governor's custom each year during the Passover celebration to release one prisoner to the crowd, anyone they wanted. Are you following? This year, there was a notorious prisoner, a man named what? A notorious what? Notorious prisoner. That means uh, his crimes are more than Osama bin Laden. Look at verse 17. As the crowds gathered before Pilate house that morning, he asked them, which one do you want me to release to you? Barabbas or Jesus, who is called the Messiah? Look at verse 18. He knew very well that the religious leaders had arrested Jesus out of envy. Out of envy. Giant envy. But that giant envy was pushing him into God's purpose. They envied him. If they had not envied him, they would not have killed him. And if they had not killed him, God's greater purpose would never have been fulfilled. There are some people, you think they don't like you. And you are worried. I don't know why they don't like me. I know why they don't like you. God has a greater purpose for you. And they don't have a place in that purpose. Just then, as Pilate was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent him this message. Leave that innocent man alone. I suffered through a terrible nightmare about him last night. So when they were pushing him out of envy to go and kill him, the Bible said, for they, they did not know, the princes of this world, they did not know, that killing this man out of envy was going to produce something greater and better. Something great is coming out of your life. Amen. I said something great is coming out of your life. In the mighty name of Jesus. Number five, giants helps you to learn to fight. Giant helps you to learn how to fight. Somebody say learn to fight. Say be a fighter. Yeah, you must learn to fight. How many of you have ever seen a car in front of the Britain life is war? Have you seen a car? <laughs> Sometimes behind the car, they write, life is war. Life is war. Now, if life is war, then you must be prepared to fight. I'm not communicating. Those who get the best out of life are those who have learned to fight and fight well. Now, let me tell you something. Before anybody wrote in front of his car or behind his car, life is war, God had already written in his word, life is war. He said, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. He said, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. He said, fight the good fight of faith. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying here? So, one of the things a believer must learn to do is to fight. If you see a Christian who is not ready to fight, he is not one. He is not one. Fight for your marriage. Fight for your health. Fight for your business. You must be a fighter. Don't be somebody who quits giving quickly. The least challenge you're giving. I'm not marrying again. Go back to the house and marry again. 
Am I communicating at all? A believer is a fighter. You wrote the exams, you failed. He said, I'm not writing again. Only math, only English, you are going to allow it to stop your destiny. Listen, I charge you by the message of God. Go and write it again. And this time, you will pass with flying colors. In the mighty name of Jesus. You don't sit on your destiny and say, it's over. It's not over. The Bible said that just man less seven times. Seven times you rise again. You don't sit down and say, because I failed, because of this challenge, I'm not, listen, uh, my marriage, uh, my, the marriage didn't work and uh, 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 I'm going to stay like this forever. Are you sure you can? Are you sure you can? Find somebody else who has the spirit of Christ in him and then give it a try again. Am I communicating here? Rather than pretend that you are going to stay like this and be fornicating around. Am I communicating here? Be a fighter. A believer is not one who is not a fighter. And the reason why giants come our way is so we will learn to fight. Listen, meet everyone who is a great success in business. He's fought all kinds of things. A great success in ministry, he's fought all kinds of things. One of the greatest vice chancellors in recent times in KNUSC is Professor Andam. He was one, one man, visionary, crazy. Within a short time, he said one term only. And within that one term, the major changes that initiated. And when he left, some of them, I don't know, university council or whatever, they, they couldn't continue most of them. Visionary by all standards. But this man left the university with third class or so. Third class. And yet he rose up to become a change agent. Listen, if you fail to fight, Satan is a loser already. I'm not communicating here. Learn to fight. 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 The Bible says we are not of them that draw back into perdition. Don't draw back. A Christian is not a quitter. A Christian is a fighter. Fight the good fight of faith. Why? Because you have already been declared a victor before you started the fight. That's why you must fight. All you need to do is to appear in the ring. But a lot of us are running away from the ring. Appear in the ring and throw one or two punches. And at the end of the day, your father will declare the judgment and pass it in your favor. Am I communicating here? Favor is on your side. Victory is on your side. God is on your side. And so you are more than a conqueror. I see you win on every side. Every battle you are engaged in, you are winning. You are winning the battle over your health. You are winning the battle over your marriage. You are winning the battle over your finances. You are winning the battle over your emotions. You are winning on every side. Shout and say, I win on every side. Lift up your hands and receive grace to fight. Receive grace to fight. Receive grace. Lord, I receive grace to fight. I'm a fighter. I'm not a quitter. I receive grace to fight. I'm a fighter, not a quitter. 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 I fight and I win. I fight and I win. I fight and I win. Learn to fight. Learn to fight. Learn to fight. Yakabako takabaha. Receive grace. Everybody pray. Receive grace to fight. Receive grace to fight. Receive grace to fight. If you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior, you want to say this prayer after me. Mean every word and then believe it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that you died and rose again for me. By my belief, I am justified. 
And by my confession, I am saved. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We look forward to having you join us again and again. You are blessed. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santasa Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. Oh, no, no, no.